everybody. Happy Easter and welcome to New Vine Community Church. Yep. Good morning. Uh, all right. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for being here today. And uh, once again, welcome to those who are watching online. <laughs> Maybe. Might possibly be watching online. Maybe. It's, if we're things are different when we're outside. You know, there's the whole internet and all that stuff. It's crazy. All right. Well, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer. Um, your words today are going to be on the back of your program, so uh, feel free to have that on hand. All right. All right. Lord, uh, we just want to thank you for bringing us all together here this morning. Uh, we thank you that... Uh, Today is you know, a monumental day in the Christian life, and just that you gave your son for our sins, and then he came back to life to show your power and to show your might to all of us. Uh, we ask that you bring us all together here today in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Breaks the power of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder, who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you would lay down your life, that I would be set free. I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross you would lay down your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me
is the king who conquered the grave and worthy is the lamb who was slain and worthy is the king who conquered the grave and worthy is the lamb who was slain and worthy is the king who conquered the grave and worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy 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 oh this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you would lay down your life that i would be set free Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. You are awesome. You are awesome. In your heart. 
Hey, you have risen. You have risen. Hey, you have conquered. You have conquered. Hey, you have beaten. You have beaten. The power of death. And Amen. All right, everybody, take a second, turn around, and say hello to somebody.
Good morning, kids. How are you? The heater on this side died, and it is Resurrection Sunday, but over here it's warm. So halfway through my sermon, we're going to switch. You guys will go over here, and you guys will come back there. So happy Easter to you. Glad you're here to celebrate the resurrection with us today. And uh, my name's Chuck, and so I go to church here with all the other people. So we are going to take up the offering wherever the usher people are, right? Okay? And uh, if you can give, good. If you can't give, good. If you need some, take some out. All right? So let's, uh, Vicki will kill me for that. But let's say a prayer, and uh, we'll take up the offering. So Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. I thank you that you gave it all to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys all have places to go after church to eat? Wendy's is open. I asked them yesterday, so. <laughs> well, we survived COVID, right? 
and we're out here having a good time, so thank you guys for coming today. Today I want to talk about good news from a graveyard. Is that all right? Well, it is, that's what we're going to do, so I don't, I don't know why I asked that question. Who cares, right? So let's say a prayer, and then we will, I'll read the scripture to you. So Lord, just thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that the tomb is empty, and that we could come here and just celebrate that you're alive, and that we have hope that this isn't the end of the story. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. Help us, God, just to follow you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. In Luke's gospel, let me read this to you. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men clothed that, in clothes that gleamed like shining lights stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he's still with you in Galilee. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. All of you guys have been to a graveyard, I think. Maybe some of the younger ones hadn't been to a graveyard. Uh, I have a lot of different memories in graveyards. I spend a lot of time there, which is awful. Part of the sucky part of my job, right? Uh, and I guess you can say that in church. But uh, <clears throat> when I was a little kid, we would go to my grandmother's house and, and grandfather's house in Irvine, Kentucky. Anybody know where Irvine, Kentucky is? It's right north of Ravenna, Kentucky. And Ravenna is about as big as this tent. But anyway, we would go there and play with my cousins. And, and behind my grandmother's house, uh, my, my grandpa built houses, so he had his, his cars and stuff, and there was a graveyard. And so we would go and play in the graveyard, and it was awesome. Me and my cousins and some, of, some families, and we probably were desecrating graves, which is not good, but it was fun. And some families had like family plots where they had a wall around their family plot. And so that was our fort. <laughs> and so we would play there and play there until it started to get dark. And when it gets dark in a graveyard, Everything changes. So we started to walk toward the house, and, uh, and I don't know if you've ever been to a graveyard at night. You start whistling. You start talking loud, all those kinds of things, because we wanted to get away from that graveyard before it got too late, because we didn't know what was going to happen. That's my first experience at a graveyard. My next experience at a graveyard, I'm 17 years old. I'm driving down Dixie Highway. I'm in a funeral car. My dad had died. He was 41 years old. And we're going to the graveyard, and we're going to lay him to rest. Uh, and my mom's a widow now, and she's 40 years old. And this week, she just turned 95. So she's been a widow for a long, long time. And so that's my first experience as an adult as a graveyard. It wasn't a fun time. You know, it was a sad time. It, it was almost like just watching the worst movie you've ever seen. Because the person that you loved that was always there, the strong guy in your house, had died of cancer. And that was a sad a sad time for me as, as a kid. And over the years, I've probably helped families bury hundreds of people. I've been preaching like for 54 years, and that's miraculous because I'm only 18, okay? <laughs> I've been 18 for 54 years. But I've, I've helped hundreds of families, and I've been there with them in their worst of times, walking with them. And, and, and people in this church, I can look out and see you guys and, tr and try not to cry because it's people that I love that they're, they're close to you guys too. And that's, that's just a sad time. I've buried old people. My uncle, uh, about a month ago, who was 92 years old in Sacramento, California, he was buried in the Sacramento Veterans uh, Cemetery. 
So I've, I've built old people, elderly people, um, young couples. I, I did a wedding when I was first preaching, and, uh, and a young couple, and I talked to them about Jesus and stuff, and, and, the, and the young man said, you know, when we got ready to get married, he said, you know, I've decided to become a follower of Jesus. I said, good. You can get, well, get baptized when you come home from your honeymoon. He drowned on his honeymoon. And I preached his funeral the next week. So it's a celebration, and the poor, the poor bride was a basket case. I've done old, I've done middle age, I've done babies. A few years ago, my, my granddaughter, Wren, who died at birth, and that was a sad, a sad day. And some of you guys have lost, lost babies at birth too. And, and it's just a horrific thing that you go through all, all those things. And so there's not any good news in a graveyard, at least not much good news. But over 2,000 years ago, all that changed. Jesus came, and he died on the cross, and he arose from the dead. So we'll look at three things real quick, and then we'll go eat, okay? And wherever we're going, I'm going with you guys. <laughs> I'm going to look at Sad Friday, Silent Saturday, and Surprise Sunday, okay? So let's go back to Friday. On that Friday or even the night before, Jesus is with his disciples there in the upper room. He's, he's celebrating Passover with them. It's the last time he's going to have this meal with them. And he tells them, he takes the bread, he says, this is my, my body which is broken for you. He takes the cup, he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And then he does something really crazy. He gets up and he takes off his outer garment, he gets down and washes his disciples' feet. And then after that, they all go out of the place and they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus knows what's coming up, and so he, he asks them to pray with him. But what do they do? They're just like us. They fell asleep. Jesus goes off by himself, and he's praying. The Bible says he's in such anguish that he sweat drops of blood. And then at one point, he prayed that famous prayer. He said, Lord, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. It wasn't long after that that the, the guards came, the religious police, the the Roman soldiers came, and they arrested Jesus, and they took him to the high priest's house, and uh, they put him on trial, which was totally illegal, according to their law. And all night long, they tortured him. They beat him. They spit upon him. They punched him. Uh, the Roman soldiers even made a crown of thorns. They stuck it on his head. And the next morning, they're going to lead him out, and he's so weak, he can't, even he can't even walk hardly. And so they grabbed this guy named Simon of Serene to carry his cross for him. And so as they go to that place, they're taking Jesus to crucify him, which is a horrible death. They take him up to the Golgotha, the place of the skull. They lay him down on that cross. They, they nail the nails through his hands. They nail the nails through his feet. And then they lift him up. Now, I used to, to when I was a teenager, one of the first jobs I had was a construction job, and we put in fence posts. And, and uh, even, you know what happens when you lift a fence post up? It happened on the cross when we, we did that on Good Friday. It just, I, I imagine they dropped it down. So all of that Jesus was going through. And he's hanging there on the cross, and there's two guys beside him, and one on the right and one on the left, and one's yelling, the other guy's saying, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And then Jesus prays another prayer, a famous prayer. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then he dies. The Roman soldiers wanted to make sure that he was dead, and so they came with this spear, and they stuck it right in his side. And the Bible says that blood and water came out and, and Jesus, was, he was already dead. They wanted to make sure he was dead. Later that afternoon, this guy named Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and he says, can I have the body? And Pilate permitted him to get the body. So Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, 
They take the body off the cross. They wrap it in linen and they put spices on it because that's what they did for burial. And they take Jesus to the grave. And, and Joseph of Arimathea just bought a grave site. He, it, uh, it was carved out of the stone, a big hole in the rock. And the Bible says that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary kind of followed along behind them because they wanted to make sure where they were going to lay Jesus. And they took Jesus there and they laid him in that tomb. And then they went back to town. It was a sad day. It was a sad Friday. It was a sad Friday because their best friend had died. And you know what that's like if you've lost someone you care about. Their rabbi had died, their teacher. Their Messiah had died. The person that they thought was going to bring the kingdom of God had died. Their future had died because they left their jobs to follow this guy. And now he's dead. And it's a sad Friday. Saturday morning, I call it silent Saturday because nothing's happening. The Bible doesn't say anything about Saturday. We can only imagine what happened. It was quiet in the city of Jerusalem. And the reason I know that is because it was the Sabbath. And if you're Jewish, you had all these laws. You're not allowed to do anything. And so it's quiet that day. The disciples are all gathered together in the house. And I'm sure they were talking, talking about Jesus, talking about the events, talking about what they were going to do, probably saying crazy things like, uh, like I've said before. If if I'd only done this, maybe this wouldn't have happened. If I'd been there, maybe this wouldn't have happened. You've, you've said those kinds of things too if you've had someone die. If this had happened or that had happened, this wouldn't have happened. And they probably had all this discussion as they sat there in shock, sat there numb because they don't know what's going to happen and they don't know what's going on. They're probably afraid too because they're afraid they're going to be arrested. And so there they are on that silent Saturday sitting because their Savior had died. Sunday, I call Surprise Sunday. Wouldn't that be a great, a great surprise? Surprise Sunday, early that morning, all four Gospels recorded that early that morning, they went to the tomb. The ladies went to the tomb. Okay? Sorry, guys. Okay? We're going to talk about this more for the next few weeks. It, it was usually the women that had the guts, right? <clears throat> Even at the crucifixion, the, the guys stood far away. The women stood close. The women disciples. They got there early, and, and to, to their surprise, Jesus isn't there. The tomb is empty. The stone's rolled away. And they're in shock, and they can't figure out what's going on. Then all of a sudden, these two angels stand there. The Bible calls them two guys in real shiny stuff, two angels. And the angels make that classic line, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's arisen. And, and Mary and other Mary, they take off, and they go and tell the disciples. And the Bible says the disciples heard that, that John and Peter took off running to the gravesite. And John gets there first. Of course, he wrote the book of John, and he wrote that. He wanted us to know that he beat Peter in a race, okay? That's just how guys are, even in, even in the Bible. They're still messed up. John gets there first, but he doesn't go in. Peter goes in, and when he goes in, he sees the, the, the cloth that's laying there. And it's interesting because there was kind of a napkin kind of cloth that they would put over a person's head. Mary must have taught Jesus really well. He folded the napkin. It was folded neatly there laying on the grave. He wasn't there. Mary goes outside, and all of a sudden, Jesus appears to her first. And then the disciples go back to their house there. Jesus comes, and the Bible says the door is shut, and Jesus kind of walks through the door and appears to them, and they see that he's alive. The next week, because one dude was missing church, okay, named Thomas, what was his nickname? Wouldn't that be a bummer? All of eternity, your name is Doubting Thomas? 
And he, and, 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 and he was a twin. He's also called Didymus. He, he was a twin. Uh, but anyway, Jesus comes to doubting Thomas and, 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 and kind of, and Thomas, remember him? He said, I'm not going to believe it till I see the, the, the nail prints in his hand inside. And Jesus kind of comes in and goes, give me 10, man, right? And it uh, goes like that. He appears to Thomas. And then even early that morning, the, I didn't mention this, two guys are going home. They're on the road to Emmaus and, and he appears to them and, and t- kind of teaches them the whole Bible. And then Paul records that Jesus appeared to over 500 people at one time. So it wasn't an illusion. He was really there. And the Apostle Paul says, and and last of all, he appeared to me on the road to Damascus. And so we see a surprise, uh, surprise Sunday. We see a bunch of different things that are going on. Um, 50 days after the resurrection, Peter stands up on Pentecost and he preaches to all these people and he says, you guys killed him but God raised him from the dead. And from there, the message went out all over. It was good news, okay? And, and the word gospel means good news. And that is, Paul says the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it was good news because the tomb is empty. It's good news because the devil had been defeated. It's good news because the fear of death is gone. It's good news because Jesus had victory over the grave. It's good news because he's gonna come back and it was good news because we can have a relationship with him too, just like those disciples did. Even the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans, he said this. He said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ is risen from the dead, you can be saved. All of us can have that relationship with God, just in simple faith, inviting him to come into our life and, and getting up and going to work. It's not about being religious. It's not about coming here. It's about living it out every day because, because it's good news. Many times at the graveyard, I read a couple of scriptures. I read John 14, uh, 1 through 6. Jesus said this to the disciples before he left. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, how do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But there's another passage that, that I read at the gravesite. It's in Thessalonians. And, and listen to what it says. I always read this as comfort. It says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you'll not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring Jesus... God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So when I go with a family to the graveyard and we bury that person, we don't say goodbye. We say we'll see you later because it's not the end. And it's not the end because Jesus arose from the dead. And so that's the good news from the graveyard. Short and sweet, right? So let's just bow our heads just for a second and think about this day. Because he did that for all of us, and all of us have, can have that relationship with him. And we're just going to listen to a little music and just think about that day, that, that sad Friday when everything went to pot, that silent Saturday when they just sat there thinking and trying to remember what's going on, and that surprise Sunday that Jesus showed up alive from the dead.
All right, amen. Surprise Sunday. All right. Just a little switcheroo on you. If you have one of these, grab it and pull it out. And every week we, we share in communion as a reminder of, I don't know, of who we are and, and, and uh, who God calls us to be. And <clears throat> here at our church, our custom is that, that everyone is welcome to take part. For us, if you're willing to take part, you're, you're welcome to take part. For us, at Jesus' table, there was one there who denied him. There was another there who betrayed him. And all of the rest of the knuckleheads, they all deserted him. And so for us, if you're, you're willing to take part, you're welcome to take part. And so we always pray the Lord's Prayer together um, before we do this. And so pray this with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. These are a little tough to open, aren't they? Hopefully you got it. I'm good. I finally got it. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup of wine. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, the new relationship that's been shed for you. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Later, reflecting on this, the Apostle Paul said that every time that you and I, we gather and we take this bread and we drink from this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns, which means we remember what Jesus did, that he was broken and poured out for the sake of the world, and we're reminded that as the body of Christ, we are called to do the same, to be broken and poured out for the people in our lives. And so take the bread and look to the person next to you and say, the body of Christ is broken for you. And now the cup the blood of Christ that's shed for you. All right, amen. Let's all stand. If you would, on your way out, please, um, if you could, if you can, fold up your chair and like stack them somewhere. Also throw these away, don't just leave them in the yard. (laughs) That'd be awkward. And make sure that you shake dad's hand because he wants to shake every person's hand here. He loves it. So he'll be out there. Just be ready. But grab hands with the person next to you if you like, and let's pray, and we'll go home. So, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this celebration that we can be here together. We thank you that we have hope because of an empty tomb. And so may we receive that hope. May we experience it. May we extend it to the people in our lives. So we ask that you just be with us this week as we go. Holy Spirit, we ask that you guide us and keep us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. See you guys. This goes out to every archive.